Hello and welcome to Off Track, the lockdown series. Over the past few weeks, we've, we've chatted to some second generation racers. So this week, we're going to chat to a third generation racer in Frankie Wayman Jr. Jr. Frankie, thank you so much for doing this this evening. All right. You guys okay? Are you having a, having a good time out there? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. We're all uh, just, you know, buckling down and going for it like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I think today should have been the British Championship at Hedensford, so, uh, you know, a bit gutting that we're not there, I suppose. Well, I was planning on winning that one as well, so I'm a bit gutted, but maybe next year. <laughs> so you would you would have won it if we were there. I like oh, that. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so we're going to talk some stock cars and a load of other stuff. So if we start with looking at 2019, so do you um, look back at that has been quite a successful season for you? Uh, it's, it's not it's not my best season, I don't think. Um, missed out on the shootout by a little bit and then I dropped down to blue, back up to red now for the start of whenever we continue racing, so I was happy to get back to red, but uh, I'd, I'd prefer to stay red. Yeah. Okay, so, we, so were you disappointed to drop down to blue grades? Yeah, yeah, I was. I think I'm... I, I think I'm nine times out of ten good enough to be red, but the competition out there is just, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. So I've spoken to, you know, a few sort of red top superstars, and we spoke about how difficult it is, like week in, week out, to, to get those points, at, you know, at every meeting. So do, do you find it challenging? And you're a bit like, oh, you know, I've got to get points, and it's, it's really hard going. Yeah, it, it is hard. Um, I mean, starting from the back, you've got to, You've got to be on it. You've got to try and make your way through as fast as possible. And then lap two, you've got all the superstars trying to get through you at the same time. So it is difficult, but it's, just, it's especially hard when you're trying to, like, say I'm saving me good tyres for the final and I've not got my best tyres on for the heat. It's it's difficult in that heat because you just, you're starting at the back and you're struggling to get anywhere, really. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in a race, is your focus more on getting forward and passing the people in front of you or keeping those behind you, behind you? Which way around is it? I think you got to look. I just look in front of me, really. I mean, if someone behind me is coming past, they're coming past. There's not a lot I can do about it. So my main task is to get through the crowd in front. Yeah. OK. So we mentioned right at the very beginning, that unfortunately, we aren't we aren't racing at the moment. Um, but prior to kind of that, that happening, what plans had you made for 2020? What did that season look like for you? I mean, I wanted to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to win some races. I wanted to get into the shootout and uh, establish myself as a good red top. Okay. And had you got, like, new cars on the way? Is that Was that part of the winter, the, the plans? Yeah, I have a new Shayok car on the way. It was never going to be ready for the start of the season anyway. So, yeah, it's still not ready now. But with everything that's happening, we're just... You know, we're taking our time with it. Okay. So, and then the car, and so in terms of tarmac, were you having the one that you've got now for tarmac? Yes, I'm having that car still for tarmac. Okay. So you're ready to go, and the aim was the shootout? Yeah. I, th I think I wanted to get in the shootout and uh, see how, how many places I could claw my way up in that. Yeah. I think from talking to uh, sort of Bobby Griffin, he, he was sort of saying that it brought his racing on in terms of his ability a lot more just by being in the shootout and, and racing week in, week out at the, at the sort of top end of the sport, if you like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's difficult. It's definitely a difficult championship. I mean, 
you're surrounded by, you know, my dad, Tom Harris, and you, you're starting with them, you're starting next to them, and you're thinking, what the hell, do I deserve to be here? Yeah. But, like, you have some races where you set off and you sort of following them through and keeping them, keeping close to them, and you think, oh, this is all right, this. It definitely helps you out with your racing. It, it teaches you some lessons, especially when it comes to dealing with cars and getting through yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. Um, so people know that you know stock cars is a huge part of your your life and your business, I guess, as, as a family. So um, has it been a busy winter? You know, have you had much to to do in terms of new car builds or refurbs? Yeah, we've um, we've had quite a few new cars. Uh, some of them are ready. Some of them are still not. But um, they're, they're going to paint soon. There's a few that aren't ready, and they're just the ones that we've done look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a bit annoying when you, you you've seen them and you can't wait for other people to see them. Yeah. But they can't yet. Yeah. No, I get that. I think um, I saw to Matt Newsom at the Motorsport Last Two show, and he was saying that there was a lot of um, people wanting new cars, wanting cars refreshed in it. And I was saying to him that it's, it's really positive that, you know, people are wanting that still within the sport. It's positive for the sport, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very much so. And there is there is a lot of potential in the sport, a lot of interest from different places. And I think if we uh, if we play our cards right, I think the sport could uh, reach another top. Yeah, OK. So obviously within your... There's, there's loads of you that race. There's loads of Waymans that race. So in terms of... Um, Priority in the workshop. Who, who gets it? You, Carl, Phoebe, Dad. Who, who's who's got number one spot in there? Uh, I think uh, usually my dad's is just in. You know, um, check over, set it up, and then back out. Usually, man and Phoebe have to have new bumpers, new axles because we've ripped them all out the weekend before. And uh, but no, I think if whichever car needs the most work goes in for the most time, and we all help each other out to get them ready. So. Doesn't make a difference who's is in first, really. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we've said that um, stock cars is, is kind of part of your business. That that's what you do. In terms of working on your own cars, how often are you doing that during the week and in, 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 during the season? During the season, uh, it, it depends. Usually, I more or less write my car off, so I'm doing a lot of work to it. But uh, we we got the lads up uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and absolutely fantastic, every single one of them, and. Uh, everyone says it, but you can't do it without them lads. And I'll be, I sometimes I'm in there every night of the week to get it ready, but still without them lads, you can't get it done. And especially with the amount of cars that we have and the amount of, you know, um, things we have to get ready, not just for our cars, but for customers' cars, and yeah. we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, a big help, isn't it? Um, you you live quite a, a long distance from uh, from some of the tracks, so. How do you entertain yourself on the on the long journeys? What do you do? Uh, well, usually on the way there, I listen to music and sleep. Or if it's a quite a long way, I bring me PlayStation and a little TV and play that on the way. But on the way back, uh, me and Phoebe take it in turns to keep me dad awake on the way home. Yeah. So I can't drive the truck yet. And he wants me to do my test, but I don't want to do it because I'll have to drive. <laughs> do you prefer the sleeping on the way back? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have a nap on the way back. But at the same time, if, if my dad's struggling to stay awake, then I'll stay up with him and just talk to him and, yeah, we get through. See, I have spoken to Phoebe, though, and um, I asked her the same question. And she said that she was the only one that stayed up with him. Nobody else did. So I, I don't know. 
uh, she would say that. <laughs> Is it not true? Say 60% of the time, it's me. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. You know, she was adamant it was 100% her every single time. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> okay. Um, moving a bit close to home, there's been a lot of um, stuff on social media regarding Bradford and the potential that it might be reopening for Formula One stock cars. Um, what's your view on that? And I guess, would, would you, do you think you as, as a family would be involved in it at all? Uh, well, it's obviously uh, very exciting news. I think if Bradford was to come back, there'd be a spark of interest into the formula. And um, I know when I was at school, all the teachers used to, every time I said my name, I met them, they used to say, oh, I used to watch a Frankie Wayman, you know, at Oddsful. Uh, every single one of them. And I think you could get like some people like that back interested in the sport and uh, it'd be phenomenal. So do you, do you think there is quite a lot of people up around your neck of the woods that I guess know about stock cars, used to go to Bradford, used to go to tracks around that don't go anymore just because it's it's not there? Do you think these people yeah. would come back? A, a, a lot of people are like that. And I think if, if we were to get the track back and advertise it right, I think a lot of people would think, oh, I'll, I'll go watch that this weekend. And just the, the interest and the spectators that it could draw towards it would be brilliant. I mean, it's, it's been a long time since we were there. I've offered yeah. to help weld the fence up if they um if it does go through. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Are you, are you good at welding? Yeah, I do. I do it full time. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Good. Good. Great offer. Brilliant. Um. So going back to the beginning. Um. After a really successful uh, mini socks career, you came straight to Formula Ones. Um. And you didn't go into V8 like v, like Phoebe did. Was that a conscious choice? And, and I guess why why didn't you do that? Um. I think the the goal was always to go into F1s. I mean, I grew up watching my dad and Andy and Speaky all bury each other. And I just thought, well, I just, I want to be part of it. So it was always going to be F1s. And uh, I I was confident. I was confident coming out of minutes into F1s. I had a couple of practice runs. And I thought, oh, it's, it's not too bad. You know, it took me a while to get used to the real drive. But once you're used to it, the, the contact and the passing people is... Similar to Minis in some ways. Okay. So do, you, so do you think it would have would have benefited you going to the eights first? I mean, got to learn race the, the race craps of, of racing a stock car, or do you think actually you're okay going straight into Formula One? Um, I think V eights possibly could have helped in some ways. I mean, they're a, got a less power, and maybe you know a, it could have helped. But I had a go in a V eight round Stoke, and I was absolutely terrible. <laughs> Completely different, completely different to an F1 and how you drive them. And um, no, I much prefer driving an F1. Okay. So you chose the number 555, or you were given that number, I, I don't know. So what, why why that choice? Well, at first I was, um, I'd say I was always 515 through minis because of yeah. my dad and I was moving down to F1s and I, di I didn't know what I was going to pick. And I was thinking, uh, you know, First, I thought 512, but Michael Stewart has that. And then I was trying to think of stuff similar. And uh, my dad says, oh, what if you just have three fives? I thought, well, obviously, it's big in rally, the triple five. Yeah. It always looks good. I think it's a good-looking number. So I just yeah. went with it. See, I think that's really important to have a number that looks good. I think that's really important. I think, yeah, I think no, it's, it's very nice of you. Yeah. On the um, shale wing down the inside, I have it really big across, really big numbers, and I think it looks brilliant. Yeah, 
good. And people can see you as well, which is good. You know, yes. Yeah. So um, you've mentioned your dad. So coming into Formula One, did you feel any pressure being the son of Frank Raymond Jr.? Um, maybe a little bit. Not a lot, to be honest, because I am my own driver. And uh, I think it's hard to come into the sport nowadays and, and be brilliant straight away. I think everyone takes a bit of time to to get to the top league and um just no no i'd have to say no okay so in terms of like on a, on a sort of uh day-to-day basis at, at the stock car track are you getting a lot of help and support from you like in terms of coaching or feedback or is it very much i'm my own driver and i'm doing my own race uh, i mean when i when you come in and uh you, your dad's Frankie Wayman. Your car's always going to be fairly all right, so it's a big help. And um, a lot, a lot of the success—well, probably ninety percent of the success I have on the track is due to him. Mm. And uh, I, I can't thank him enough for that. But it's—it's it's, it's very much I'd like. It's getting to the point where, well, it's got to the point where I set my own car up, and I do have it a bit different to how he has it in some ways. And it's mm. just I like to have it. Have it suits my driving side. Okay. And and does he watch you race and then kind of give you a sort of positive feedback or negative feedback on how, what you did, what you should have done? Yeah. Sometimes I come back from a race and oh, I can't really repeat on here what he says to me, but <laughs> you can uh, imagine. What no, I can't. No. What does he say? <laughs> oh, am I allowed to say? No, you, without swearing, maybe just... <laughs> oh, I, I can't say then. <laughs> There ain't a lot of words that aren't swear words when I come off, and I've not been very good. Okay. But he, he tells me where I was bad, and uh, we work around it. Okay. So with um, so Team Wayman, I guess, have a lot of support uh, from within the sport. Um, do you think that brings with it added pressure as well? Because you've kind of got a lot of fans around the truck, and you've got a lot of people on the terrace supporting you. Does that bring additional pressure as well? Uh, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean... I really do enjoy seeing people with Wayman tops and even better if it's a triple five top. Yeah. But I, I don't think it would add any pressure really when you, when you race and you're not really thinking about it, you're more focused on the race and in the moment. Yeah. You don't really think about it when you're going around. But it must be great though, when you're at the track and you've, you've got that level of support, you know, in the pits and, you know, people come to talk to you and. Yeah. It's yeah. Give... It's, it is brilliant. You know, I, I love walking around and every time I see, Someone with triple five on them. I'm like, yeah, all right, you're cool. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just nice to see around the track. Have you and Phoebe got some kind of competition at who sells the most sort of merchandise with your number on? And who's, yeah, who's winning? We did for a, yeah, 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 we did. I mean, uh, I think she sells more than I do, okay. but her stuff appeals to um, a lot of young girls uh, racing, yeah. and uh, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> is that why you said that? Why? Is it that's what I'm putting it down to that. that that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, mentioning Phoebe then. So, obviously, you race with Phoebe week in, week out. And do you see her as just another driver on track, or do you go, that, that's my sister? Uh, when we're on track, she's just another driver. I mean, uh, I see her going around and I'm, I'm catching her. Well, sometimes I'm catching her, sometimes she's pulling away from me. But when you get to a car, you have to deal with a car. I mean, out there, I'm my own racer, and I've, I've got to try and get forward. And uh, you, you just have to deal with her, really. Just another car. 
So if, if you are kind of coming up behind you and you've got the likes of Tom and your dad behind you and you've, you've got to move out of the way, and are you, does it go through your mind? I can't hit it that hard. Or is actually, I do need to give her a bigot to, to carry on to protect myself. I mean, she's actually a really hard driver to pass. You do have to hit her quite hard because she's not going to pull over and let you pass. She's a tough driver. And um, mm. it is it is sometimes hard to pass her, but you've just got to, you know, make her move. Basically. <laughs> so, so, so after, when you and Phoebe uh, sort of watch this together back on Wednesday night, obviously everything will still be good, won't it, between the pair of you? All is good. Uh, well... We've had a couple of arguments after races and um, stuff, but not nothing major yet. Okay. <laughs> That's all good. So in terms of you and your dad, um, have, have you sort of sat down and discussed, I guess, what you want to get out of Formula One? Have you had that conversation? Um, not particularly. I mean, he's always just said, go out and do your best, and that's always what I've done, and we're just seeing what my best is, and... Uh, Obviously, I'd like to win some more races. I'd like to win some championships. Yeah. And we'll just see with time whether it happens or not. In terms of some people, they like, set themselves goals. So within five years, I want to have done this. Within 10 years, I want to, to have done this. Have you done anything like that? Or is it just very much, I take what comes? Or uh, I, I, I set myself goals as in I'd, I'd like to um, make the shootout. Or yeah. I'd like to, uh, you know, keep red top. But I'm not going to set a goal as in like oh, I want to win the world final four times in four years uh, I'm realistic it's a it's, it's a tough game and uh, yeah. you, if you walk into it with the attitude of oh, I'm going to clean up here yeah. I think a lot of the time you'll get fenced basically <laughs> yeah so you said you said last year you ran most of the year at Rett how much of a big step up is it to get to that superstar level where you are kind of winning finals is it a massive leap up do you think it, it's a massive leap yeah it's 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 to be superstar you're scoring you're just just scoring every race you're scoring every meeting you you're up there with the points and it's hard work i mean me being from red i've had meetings where i do score as much as a superstar but then next meeting i'll i won't qualify for the final and that's more or less the meeting you know, you, you've not scored a lot of points at all. And it, it's hard that the consistent drivers are always the ones that make superstar, I think. Yeah. And they're, they're scoring week in, week out, and it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so it is like quite a... And I guess the commitment as well in terms of how much time you've got to spend and, and money to spend to, to be at that level week in, week out is, is quite it's quite big, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's easy to sit here and blame budget being superstar but I know I could do better with the budget that I'm on I mean some of the lads who are superstar just the kit they have is brilliant and you look around the car and think wow that's amazing and you, it's hard to think oh I have to compete with that that's right yeah. but you, you you just go out and do your best yeah absolutely um in a previous interview I spoke with Roger Bromley and um, he gave you the made-up award of best-looking Formula One driver. H how do you feel about that? Is that you know were you pleased with that victory? I, I was um, pleased and a bit worried. Yes. The way to allow it, but then again, I've heard Roger tell everyone at race and they're good-looking, so you know. <laughs> so have you received the award through the post yet? Has it arrived or? Uh, I, 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 
wouldn't trust Roger sending me anything through the post, to be honest. <laughs> um, speaking of Roger a little bit more, though, just not to worry you. So you did go out in a radical. Um, that was kind of yeah. organised by Roger. Um, did, a, did you enjoy it? And B, did you kind of think circulation is something that I quite like, um, something I'd want to do in the future? I, it, I loved every second of it that day. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, just the speed and the, the speed you could take corners and not with, without the car pushing on or anything like that. It was just absolutely amazing. But then it was a track day and you'd come up behind someone. And it, I found it frustrating, you know, because if you're faster than them, they have to move out of the way. But if they didn't, you, you can't hit them. <laughs> you can't push them out of the way. You, you've got to try and get around them without touching them. It, it was quite frustrating and it's something you'd have to get used to coming out of this formula yeah did it take you a while to kind of change your driving style and, and change the way that you approached racing um being on a circuit um yeah to, when i was racing on the circuit i did have to change driving style a lot i mean i was i was very nervous because it's it was an expensive car that you're going around and you you don't want to crash it when it's not yours. I was doing mine. I think oh, if, I, if I hit the wall, I hit the wall. I'll fix it this week. But I was driving that. I was very cautious. And then um, it's a two-seater. So at the end of the day, Roger took me around. And, uh, I was in the passenger seat. And the, oh, the, the speed he went, just absolutely unreal. And he was slamming on the brakes and hung yourself in your belt. You, you know, it was just unreal. And I was thinking, bloody hell. I was doing nothing like this. I didn't know you could push it to this level. Yeah. He did. So in terms of the, the future, we've talked about stock cars, but then I guess with circuit racing, do you kind of go, actually, that's something I'd like, or it's something that I'm happy I've done, it's, it's not for me? Uh, I, I was happy I did it. And, you know, if, if someone comes up to me and offers me a, a circuit car to race, I'll, I'll race it. But yeah. I, I can't see myself making the move. No. Okay. So get back to stock cars then. So you race most weekends throughout the season. In the winter, you're kind of building cars, repairing cars. Do you ever get bored of stock cars? Um, I think it can get frustrating at times, especially if you're uh, if you're spending all them hours in the workshop and you, you you don't get the results at the weekend like that you wanted. I mean, last season I did take quite a lot of meetings off, and it, it's nice to have meetings off and do other things. But it's it's hard to it's hard to you know maintain red top and try to get to the shootout if you're not doing as many meetings. But that that's my aim. I I do want to do less meetings and still be able to maintain red top and hopefully make the shootout. Yeah. When um, when booking lists come out, you know people tend to look and and quite often when you know your dad's name's not on there, it, it seems to generate debate because the expectation is that your dad does every meeting do you know as a family do you feel actually we do need to do every meeting or what's that conversation like um well my dad wants to do every meeting and um, every year i tell him he doesn't have to do every meeting but he does every meeting anyway and he he he, he loves it and um i i like to do as many meetings as i can but at the same time it's nice to have a break and i think maybe in the next few years my dad might cut down a bit but Obviously, a lot of people are disappointed when he doesn't race, and whenever I don't race, uh, people put on Facebook, "Oh, how can five 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 not booked in?" Yeah. I think, "Oh, I'd like to take a bit of time off." <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, it's good to have a bit of time off. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Of course, you need, you need that break. I guess, so the, my question would be then, do you feel the pressure actually do need to raise? Because people say, you know, why is, why, why is Frankie not racing? Why is Frankie Jr. not racing? Do, yeah, do you feel like... A lot of the time when I miss a meeting, someone will put on, oh, how come Firefly Card's not booked in? And it is, it's nice to know that people want to see me race, or want to see me crash, or whatever. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't want to do every. I do want to do every meeting, but I have other things to do. Yeah. And sometimes you can't do every meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you for that. Okay, so you mentioned um, trying to do other things away from stock car. So, so do you have any other hobbies? What do you What do you do when you're not doing stock car racing? Um, I I love I follow uh, Liverpool, so it's it's nice oh. to go watch them whenever I can, and then um, I like to play a bit of. Put you in mates when I can. I like to go to the pub and just, just you know, normal stuff really. Normal stuff. So, how, have you got a set of friends outside of stock cars that kind of don't come stock cars, don't really know what you do? Does that happen? Have you got that? Uh, they they know what I do, but they, some of them haven't been before and some of them have been once and twice. And I, I was saying to them, if, if Bradford does come back, it'd be nice to for them to come watch me. And, uh, just friends from school or college, really. Yeah. So have they got no real interest in stock cars? It's kind of... Uh, they, they do, but a lot of them don't drive. And then they say, oh, when where's your next meeting? You say, oh, it's four hours away. And they think, oh, I ain't driving that far to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, get them to Bradford. That'd be good. That'd be good. Brilliant. So you, you are part of this up-and-coming gang of, of sort of young drivers in the sport. Do you kind of look at those as you can, like sort of real competition? You want to beat them week in, week out, the likes of sort of Charlie Sawyer and Finn Sargent and that lot? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it might sound weird, but I do want to beat them. I mean, there's a lot of young lads and all of us want to be better than each other. So it's it's just competition, healthy competition. And no matter who it is, I want to beat them, but sometimes I want to beat them a little bit more. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, throughout these lockdown interviews, we've um, touched upon the dual surface car debate, and I guess you know Phoebe's done that. She won the the, the championship was last year or the year before. Yeah. Um, and so, where do you sit on on the dual surface car debate? Obviously, you've got your Sharon Tarmac car for twenty twenty potentially. What's your view on it? I mean, I did I did this season as a dual car, and it's it's hard. Don't get me wrong; it is hard. You can do it, but it's. It's not so much if you if you go from tarmac to shale, you're not too bad. But to get it from shale back to tarmac, you a lot of the time you're talking by the Grand National. You've got it somewhere near, and then you need to set it back up for shale next meeting. So that's it's definitely difficult. I mean, I'd like to see it in the future. Maybe bring the two specs closer together. They are coming closer together slowly, but um, it'd be nice to see more people trying to do it with one car. And then you wouldn't have to spend as much money to be competitive. But I think people with two cars are always going to have an advantage. It's not just about setups. If you if you do take a lot of damage one week, you, and you're you're on the other surface the next week, you think, oh well, I've got two weeks to do that kind of yeah. rather than one week. Okay, but in an ideal world, that your view is actually the sport should try and move the specifications closer together, so it is possible to do the one car week in week out. Yeah, I'd like to see more drivers being successful with one car. And I think if 
I think the specs could become closer together. Um, we just need to bring it in at AGMs, but obviously people have to agree with me, so I'm not everyone. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see whether they do or not. Okay. So it's movie night at the Waymans. It's your turn to choose choose the film that's going on. What what film are you picking, and why? Oh, I like um, I like quite a lot of the Marvel franchise and um, yeah. some of. The, like uh, the DC, like Batman and stuff. I'm very childish when it comes to stuff like that. But then again, you know, um, stuff like James Bond and stuff like that, just action films. I, I like, I don't like sad films or not like our romantic films. I don't see the point in sitting there and crying at your TV. I don't like horror films because I don't see the point in it. Just sit in the living room and be scared for two hours. There's no point, is there? I like mm-hmm. to watch films like. Christ, that was awesome. <laughs> so you don't like crying and you don't like being scared. So anything that doesn't fit in those categories is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that isn't them is all right. Okay. The following night, so you've had a movie night. The next night, you organise dinner party. Um, it is just you and three other people. So famous, dead or alive, not famous. Who are you going to invite to your dinner party? I'd have to say. Gordon Ramsay, he yeah. cook the food, say. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh. A Queen fan, and I like. I bet he'd have some good stories. And probably Ariana Grande because she's Ariana Grande. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so you might need to expand on that because maybe I think I'm a little bit older than you, maybe. So I don't really get the get the thing. I don't know. Well, the Ariana Grande bit. <laughs> oh, there's not many people who can say, oh, I had dinner with Ariana Grande, is there? So, <laughs> okay. bragging rights, isn't it? <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> so when I spoke to Phoebe, she said that she really, really enjoyed singing. And, you know, you've mentioned Freddie Mercury. Do you do a lot of singing as well? Is it is it a family thing or is it just, just Phoebe? Uh, I do sing. I'm not very good. Yeah. I sing when I'm in the car to keep me awake if I'm, you know, driving late at night or... I'm in the car anyway, I just sing, just to pass the time, but I'm, a, I'm tone deaf, it's terrible. <laughs> so you say so if there was like a, a celebrity kind of night for stock car drivers, you wouldn't you wouldn't be up there doing singing, no? <laughs> no, I, I think I'd upset some people if I go up there and started singing. <laughs> um, we've mentioned, or you've, you've already mentioned um, in, the, in the dual surface car question around car specification. So if you had a magic wand and tomorrow you could make one change to form on stock cars that you think would improve the sport, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think of answers that won't upset people. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. No, nobody watches uh, it anyway. Probably just make it fairer across all um, all people of all budgets, say. You know, it's, it's always going to be the more money you spend, the better you are. But I think you could bring it less of a difference, maybe limit the amount of tyres you're allowed to put on your car. But yeah, I know they did try that. And it, it was hard to keep on top of when they were stamping the tyres and you didn't know what was what. But yeah. if there was a way to keep on top of that, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that brought in. So is that, I mean, I, I, I don't know, is that the biggest expense, would you say, throughout a season? It is tyres. Is that what costs the most money for you? I, I think tyres 
make make your race more or less. I mean, I've had you you could go out in heat one with your old tires on and get nowhere, and then if you go out in heat two with a right rear that's been run already, then that's its best race. You, you win it. You, well, yeah. you could win it, but you'll be a lot better than, off than you are in heat one, and it's it's hard to keep on top of that and. Obviously, I'm limited to the amount of tyres I can get, so I have to try to use them when they when I need them. Yeah. So some races I'll be going slow, and then the next race I'll be a lot quicker. It is a big difference, and people say, "Oh, you drove better in that one." And you think, "Oh, it won't be driving better. It was the tyres I've got me better." Yeah. When I was talking to Ian Higgins last week, um, I asked him about when he came back in 2012 what the biggest difference was, and he said it was was tyres, just the fact that. You didn't really know what they were doing. They'd be kind of stopped working halfway through a race. It was just a bizarre kind of thing that he found, whereas previously they kind of just got better and better as the race went on and you knew what your tyres were doing. Now it's just look at the draw almost. Yeah, in some ways you do have tyres and you think, well, they are a good tyre and you save it. You save it for when you need it. I mean, if, if there's a big meeting coming up, I'll, I'll pick a set of tyres that I want to keep for that meeting and I'll run the old ones and the bad ones until that meeting and it, it's it's frustrating going to going into meetings when you don't have the best of tires and you don't want to use your best tires because you know that you're not as good as you could be yeah if you were spending a bit more money okay so tires is the one thing you'd, you'd, you'd look at then i guess yeah amongst other things but i'd say mainly tires okay so when you look at the stock car calendar uh, at the beginning of the year is there any particular track that you get really quite excited about going to race at? I'd have to say Kingsley. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's a phenomenal place to go, and uh, the the track is always amazing, and they they've just got it they've got it worked well. You've got the big screen, so if there is a big crash, you can watch it on maybe others sometimes. So I like that. <laughs> but it's the the size of the track is just there's no way to describe it when you when you're broad sideways especially the meetings where you're right out near the wall yeah. and you're broadside. I, I like their meetings. There's, there's no feeling like it. So what's your view on when they water the track sort of halfway through a race? I like it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's just another challenge. Every, everyone's on the same track at the end of the day, so you're not at a disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way you drive. Okay, brilliant. So we mentioned right at the very beginning that currently we aren't we aren't racing at the moment. Um, there's been again quite a bit of debate on social media about if we are if we do go back racing, what that looks like. Should there be any championships, etc. So, what, what's your view? You know, do you think we should race this year? And, and if so, what what should that calendar be made up of? I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say really with the way that they're doing everything. I can't see us going back this year. I mean, we're still not allowed within two meters of each other, so you can't really run a meeting with fans or if, if they were to run meetings just on video uh, I'm not sure how they'd do it if they could I would race but I think it's probably just better off left until uh, whenever we can go back and make a big thing of it and yeah. get everyone there because okay. there has been that debate around if they do meetings behind closed doors, the affordability piece for for promoters to stage Formula Ones because they aren't they aren't cheap, are they? To put on, you know, you've got start money, prize money, etc. So, what's your view on that? Would you you said you'd go and race? Do you think you should be getting start money and, and prize money if you go in? If it's behind um, closed doors, it's it's hard to say really because 
a lot of people, start money and prize money is what makes their weekend. I mean, it's like you sometimes you can get to a meeting and the start money will pay for your fuel there or you'll just pay for something. And it, it does go a long way for a hell of a lot of drivers. Mm-hmm. And to ask for them to go without that is it's tricky. I mean, a lot of people don't know how much that does mean to a lot of drivers. Okay. So in terms of um, being isolated, which we kind of we are at the moment, if you had to choose, other than your family, you're not with your family, you can choose one former, one current Formula 1 driver, and a driver from another Formula to self-isolate with. Who would you choose? And you can't have your family because they're kind of not available. I'd have to say Charlie Sorda. Yeah. Because he's, he's me mate, and uh, I get along well with him, so... Uh, from another formula, I'd have to say Gordon Moody, because it's Gordon Moody. And then former, I'd have to say, I'd actually say Andy um, Smith. Would you? Yeah. Why? I just think he'd have some brilliant stories. I, mean, I get along. I get along really well with him, and he's um, he's always up for a chat, and he's always he'll, he'll give you the time of day. And I think he'd have some. Yeah. Funny stories to pass the time with. Good. That's that's a that's a great group of people. I like that. It's a great it's a great choice. Thank you. <laughs> Similarly, who are your top three Formula One drivers of all time? Uh, I, I grew up watching Speaky and my dad and Andy Smith really, and it was always they were always the ones to look out for, and week in week out, phenomenal drivers. I mean, you. You don't come along drivers like them three often, no. so to watch them was a pleasure. And I, yeah, they they made me love this record. Okay, so they they top three, but now rank them. So three, two, one. Ooh, I'd have to put your dad first. Okay, have, just the the sheer amount of final wins and the the meetings he does and the effort he makes puts into the sport. I think second would be Andy, third would be Speaky. And, oh, and how, do you, how do you differentiate between those two? Sorry, sorry. Uh, I, think, I think Andy was more successful in F1s at the end of the day. And I know Speaker did very well in F2s and whatever other formula he was in. But going, up, going off F1s, the, the biggest formula in my eyes, Andy yeah. was a lot more successful. But you're right. It, and I think that period of time in the sport what was incredible with, with those three, your dad and Andy and Rob, that, you know, week in, week out, it, it, it made it fascinating viewing as a spectator just to watch them. Yeah, it was right. fantastic. I mean, you never you never really knew what was going to happen. You know, they'd always fall out and you, you just, you'd go to a meeting excited to, to watch the M3 and you'd think, oh, I wonder who's going in today. <laughs> so yeah. It's always just good to watch. So how was your dad? You know, if you had done a bad meeting at, at the hands of Andy or, 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 or Rob, was he okay on the journey home? Was he was he all right? Uh, yeah, he was always fine on the journey home. I mean, there were always you talk about three drivers who were who were big sportsmen. I mean, like if if Andy was to put me dad in, our speaker was to put me dad in, and then we needed a part to fix it. If they had the part, they'd give us the part. And it was such brilliant sportsmen and. There was no hatred off track a lot of the time. Well, most of the time, and they always had a lot of respect for each other. So it was all kept on track. Good, brilliant. And finally, so we have touched upon it already, but just to kind of 
I guess, to, to bring it to a close, what does the future hold for Frankie Wayman Jr. Jr.? Probably a receded hairline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is going to I want to win. Um, I just want to win. I want to win championships. I want to get my name on trophies, on shields, and, uh, you know, it's just my goal. And sell more merchandise than Fever, yeah? Yeah, maybe one day. I can't see it happening anytime soon, but maybe one day. See, even my daughter's got a Phoebe hoodie, so I, I, yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry. Um, Frankie, before we go, is there anything you'd like to add before we, we end? Uh, just like to say that I know it's hard for people at the minute, and if you are missing Frisk F1, when we do restart, make sure you're at every meeting. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time tonight, and um, hopefully we'll see you at Trackside soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.